Section 25 of Kentucky's Famous Feuds and Tragedies by Charles G. Mutzenberg. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Kentucky's Famous Feuds and Tragedies by Charles G. Mutzenberg. Section 25. Bloody Breathitt, Part 2. Breathitt is a beautiful mountain county along the Kentucky River, scarcely forty miles distant from Lexington, the metropolis of the Kentucky bluegrass, famous the world over for the refinement of her people. Jackson is the county seat, a small but thriving town on the Kentucky River, built upon numerous hills, which give it an irregular, though by no means displeasing appearance. Commercially, Jackson is prosperous, surprisingly so under the circumstances, how much more rapid and greater might have been its progress but for the deplorable epidemics of murder none can tell jackson is also the terminus of three railroads the town has good schools and several churches but church-going schools and trading were sadly interrupted and at times completely stopped during the reign of terror which held Breathitt in its bloody clutches during the first decade of the present century. It is impossible, in a limited space, to give more than passing notice to all of the feudal wars which have been fought from time to time in Breathitt County. To do so would fill a volume. What the reader finds detailed in this chapter relates principally to the Hargis, Cockrell, Markham, Callahan vendetta, it is the most recent feud. What transpired during it is but a repetition of what had occurred in others. The first widespread feud in Breathitt County originated immediately after the Civil War. In that national conflict, the county furnished soldiers to the South and to the Union. John Amos and William Bill Strong raised a company for the federal cause. It became a part of the so-called Greasy Fourteenth, and was commanded by Colonel H. C. Little. It was in this regiment that the noted Amos Strong feud arose. It was the first of a bloody internecine strifes in that county. The hatred engendered during the Amos Strong feud was more bitter than the sectional strife between the armies of the North and the South. A feud between the two factions was not recognized to have existed, however, until about 1878. In that year, open and serious hostilities were precipitated by a fight during circuit court. In the battle, Bob Little, a nephew of Captain Strong, was killed, and an Amis seriously wounded. From that time on, fights grew more numerous. Charges and countercharges were made on both sides. The county was in a ferment. Finally, nearly every family became involved in one way or another. How many men were killed in this feud will perhaps never be known, but many graves were filled. In this connection, it may be well to state that the county has rarely had a coroner and no records were kept of deaths. It is thus an impossibility to ascertain the number of violent deaths which have occurred in the past. John Amis himself, the head of the faction of that name, was killed in 1873. The feud finally burned itself out. 
a few years after the termination of this one another started under the name of the strong callahan feud some of the members of the factions in the strong amis feud also participated in this one in this war captain bill strong headed his faction wilson callahan the father of ed callahan who figures so prominently in the hargis cockrell feud commanded the opposing forces a number of men were killed off before wilson callahan's death by assassination put an end to it the jet little feud next stained the history of breathitt county it was brought to a close about fifteen years ago and after the principal participants therein had all been killed off as bad as conditions had been prior to eighteen seventy eight they grew decidedly worse in that year when judge william randall the presiding judge of the criminal court of the district was compelled to desert the bench in the midst of a court session to seek safety in flight the county was in a state of revolution brought about by the assassination of judge john burnett then the county judge this crime was laid at the door of the gambles and littles the uprising of the factions was precipitated by judge randall's declaration that his court would see to it that the criminals were punished judge randall never returned to breathitt county during his term of office during the latter part of the eighties another reign of terror was initiated and continued until the close of the decade lest we might be accused of exaggeration and sensationalism we insert here the acrimonious bitter correspondence between governor buckner and judge lilly the presiding judge of the criminal court of the district which included breathitt the letters are a matter of public record and are instructive interesting and will no doubt materially aid the reader to understand the nature of frequent clashes between state district and county authorities judge lilly to governor buckner frankfort kentucky december fifth eighteen eighty eight to his excellency the governor of kentucky dear sir from a full investigation and inquiry into the condition of the affairs in breathitt county i am fully satisfied that the civil authorities cannot hold a circuit court in that county and enforce the law without the aid of the state guard that the people are divided to such an extent that a sheriff's posse will not be sufficient several murders have been committed in the county since the last term and the offenders are not yet indicted and cannot be unless the witnesses can be protected charges are made against a brother of the sheriff and the son-in-law of the jailer and the witnesses cannot be induced to go before the grand jury unless they have assurance of protection there is a number of felony cases in the court which i think will be ready for trial governor buckner's reply hon h c lilly judge nineteenth judicial district irvine kentucky dear sir i have fully considered your letter of the fifth instant in reference to the condition of affairs in breathitt county in which communication you say that you are fully satisfied that the civil authorities cannot hold a circuit court in that county and enforce the law without the aid of the state guard 
that the people are divided to such extent that a sheriff's posse will not be sufficient. Several murders have been committed in the county since the last term, and the offenders are not yet indicted, and cannot be, unless the witnesses can be protected. Charges are made against a brother of the sheriff and the son-in-law of the jailer, and the witnesses cannot be induced to go before the grand jury unless they have assurance of protection. And you further say, I, as judge of the Breathitt Circuit Court, call upon you to furnish fifty of the State Guard, properly officered and equipped, to aid the civil authorities in holding said court and in enforcing the law. It is needless for me to say that in a republic of the employment of the military arm in enforcing the law is of rare necessity, and the occasion for its use should not be of doubtful propriety. The law invests the civil authorities with ample powers to enforce the observance of law, and expects those officers to exert their authority with reasonable diligence. When this is done, there is seldom an occasion when the military arm can be employed without detriment to the public interests and without bringing the civil authorities into discredit. When a people are taught that they are not themselves the most important factor in the conservation of order in society, and that they must depend upon the exertion of extraneous forces to preserve order among themselves, they have lost their title to self-government and are fit subjects to a military despotism. I do not believe that any portion of this commonwealth has reached that degree of political degradation. As far as Breathitt County is concerned, while there have been acts of individual lawlessness, I do not find in your statement, or from any other source, an evidence of any organized opposition to the civil authorities. On the contrary, I am convinced that a reasonable exertion of their legitimate power would cause the masses of the people to rally to their support more effectually than could be done in the presence of the military force. The latter, whatever their numbers, could not influence, and ought not to influence, the character of the testimony of a single witness before the grand jury, but their presence would be a confession of weakness on the part of the civil authorities before they had made any attempt to discharge their duties, and to this extent would lessen respect for their authority, and render the subsequent discharge of their duties more difficult. A healthy public sentiment, and not the presence of an armed force, is the best support of government, and the powers conferred upon a circuit judge, both as a judge and as a conservator of the public peace, are so unlimited that a firm and judicious discharge of his duties will almost invariably mold public sentiment in support of his judicial actions. Under all the circumstances, I do not believe that the presence of troops in Breathitt County is necessary to maintain the laws. With every purpose to support the judicial tribunals in the effective discharge of their duties, I feel constrained to decline the request which you make to order a detachment of the State Guard to Breathitt County. But if my own presence will be of any service to you, I will take pleasure in accompanying you to the Breathitt Circuit Court if you conclude, on reconsideration, to hold it. In your letter, November 13th, you say, 
I will not attempt to hold courts at Letcher, Knott, or Breathitt unless you send guards along. This is a matter on which the executive can take no action. It is for the legislative department of the government to judge of the facts which will justify an official in thus abdicating the duties imposed upon him by law. But on this subject I trust you will permit me, without obtruding on your consideration any views of my own, to invite your attention to an act passed by the General Assembly at its last session and approved March ninth, 1888. Amongst other things, this act provides that, if at any term of circuit court the presiding judge thereof shall be absent, it shall be lawful for any other circuit judge of this commonwealth to attend and hold such term of court, and while so engaged he shall have and exercise all the powers and authority of the regular judge of such court. I am informed that under authority of this act some circuit judges have already interchanged courts, and if there are any reasons why you prefer not to hold the court in Breathitt, I have no doubt that many of the circuit judges would be willing to interchange with you. I happen to know that Honorable Lucius P. Little is willing to hold the Breathitt Circuit Court for you, if you will hold the McLean Circuit Court for him. Your obedient servant, S. B. Buckner Judge Lilly to Governor Buckner, Irvine, Kentucky, February 4, 1889. Governor S. B. Buckner, Dear Sir, Your letter dated 14th December and postmarked on the 18th was received by me on the night of the 25th at Jackson, Breathitt County. On the third page you proposed to accompany me to Jackson in the following words. But if my own presence will be of any service to you, I will take pleasure in accompanying you to Breathitt Court, if you conclude, on reconsideration, to hold it. You were advised that the Breathitt Court would begin on the 17th, and I suppose your adjutant general had informed you that I had decided to go and hold court, if I could do so. I told him on the morning of the 8th that I would go to Breathitt Court. You must have believed that I would leave Irvine for Jackson as early as the morning on the 14th, and before you wrote your letter. Why did you make such a proposition to me at the time you did? I fear you will have a little trouble in making people believe that you made the offer in good faith. On page 4 of your letter you say, I happen to know that Honorable Lucius P. Little is willing to hold the Breathitt Circuit Court for you, if you will hold the McLean Circuit Court for him. I thank Judge Little for his kind offer, and believe he made it in good faith. But why did you withhold the information from me until it was too late for me to confer with him? He lives in the western part of the state. You must have known that I had no time to make any arrangements with him. You must have known that the offer was futile, and that it could not be carried into effect. Can you make the public believe that you are acting in good faith? In speaking of the application made to you on the 5th of December, you failed to make any reference to the papers filed with it. Why did you conceal from the public the fact that a majority of the attorneys who practice at the Breathitt Circuit Court 
and diverse other prominent men had requested you to send a guard and gave it as their opinion that the court could not be held without a guard i am at a loss to know why you sought to throw the whole responsibility upon me that the public may know something about the condition of breathitt county at the time it is only necessary to say that between the first day of august and the fifth day of december eighteen eighty eight the following men were killed to wit lewis talby james shockey david barnett and isaac combs shooting ike and the following men were shot and wounded viz crane flincham john smith jeff smith marion lawson curtis spicer luther abner john campbell jack barnett pearl strong william francis and breck miller there were also a large number of other felonies committed in the county and all this in addition to the old docket which shows a large number of felony cases knowing their system of combining their strength to help one another to prevent any one being punished by the law i submit to you if it would not have been better if you had sent a guard there to encourage the good citizens to attend court i held court there three weeks and there was no outbreak that is true and it is also true that we got no verdicts in important cases we tried four murder cases and had hung juries in each case except those required to be in attendance the good citizens of the county were not there why were they absent i think it was because they thought it unsafe to be there for the same reason nearly all the attorneys who practice at that bar failed to attend the court theories look well on paper but when you come to put them in practice they often fail to work well what do murderers and outlaws care for theories i hope you will not think i put it too strong when i say that your course has given comfort if not aid to those who are charged with crime they feel that they are able to prevent the civil authorities from enforcing the law and in view of your letter feel that no help will be given the civil officers and hence they will do as they please judge w h randall judge robert riddle judge cole and judge jackson and other judges have thought it advisable to have a guard judge finley failed to attend his courts in letcher perry and not for several terms before his term of office expired they like myself had better opportunities of knowing the real status of affairs in their counties than people who live far away and do not understand the people it has been published in the newspapers of the state that a certain judge of the state held his courts in breathitt county and had no trouble that judge previous to his election had been employed as counsel for nearly every one charged with high crime in that county and as a consequence did not have to try them on the contrary he was doing all he could to prevent their conviction and to prevent the laws being enforced upon them he is yet the employed counsel of six persons charged with murder and other high crimes in that court of course he had no trouble who can say whether if he had tried to bring them to justice 
he would have gotten along so easily. As the papers pretty generally throughout the state have published your letter to me, I hope they will do me the favor to publish this, my answer. Hoping you will find it easy to answer the interrogations propounded to you in this letter, I remain, yours respectfully, H. C. Lilly. End of section 25